Hi, and welcome to Becoming Less, an Edmontonian journey to less waste, less impact, less consumption, and less clutter. Becoming Less is brought to you by Waste Free Edmonton, and together we're dedicated to waste reduction efforts, big and small. I'm Biz. I'm Emily. And today we're going to talk about recycling. Which is Emily's... My favorite. Your forte. Which is Emily's forte. forte. It is definitely your forte. Recycling is really, really interesting to me. And it was something that I uh, learned about when I worked for the city of Edmonton in a lot of detail. And so I, yeah, recycling is something that I'm pretty passionate about, I guess. And I just have a lot of information about. So funny because I'm like anti-recycling. So this is going to be good. But before we really dive into it, we got listener mail. Yes. Oh, we're so excited that we got listener mail. This is so great. Yeah. So if you want to be cool like Trats, you can email us at becominglesspod at gmail.com. And Trats has this to say. Thanks so much for the episode featuring built-in obsolescence. We consumers absolutely need to advocate for our right to repair what we buy. I recently picked up a dumb phone. If you're not familiar, this is a cell phone that is just a cell phone. I got it for reasons that I'll mostly spare you from, but the one reason I think you'd be interested in is the countless smart devices we've checked or recycled, hopefully, over the years. Not only is the hardware built to break in smartphones, but the software is designed to become obsolete just to be sure you come back for a new one. And it's a fairly long email, so I'm going to kind of stop there because that kind of gives the idea of the, the premise of the email. And really appreciate the input there. And I did actually respond. We kind of had a back and forth. Basically, uh, he just wanted to talk specifically about cell phones and how cell phone software literally slows your device down after a certain amount of time so that you get frustrated and go buy a new one. Yeah, which is so interesting. And thank you, Trat, so much for just uh, sending us an email. We really appreciate it. I feel like this email was kind of like a, you guys are doing a really great job. Thanks for what you're doing. And if you want to send us an email like that, like feel free. (laughs) Yeah. And if you want to send us an email saying, hey, you got a fact wrong, we'd appreciate that too. Yeah. I mean, I don't really want to encourage people to send me hate mail, but. uh, (laughs) Hey, I didn't didn't say hate. I said educational. No, I know. I was trying to think of like other types of mail that I'm like, oh, or if you really don't like the podcast and then I'm like, oh, no, just don't respond if you, if you don't like the podcast, just don't listen to it. Okay. (laughs) That's all I have to say. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Kratz, for your email. We really appreciate it. And on to recycling. Okay. So. I guess the first thing that I want to say with recycling, and you touched on this before, is that recycling is not the answer to our waste problems. And I think that there has been a real misconception about recycling and, oh, I'm recycling this item, so like excellent, I'm saving the planet, like good for me. And I'm not trying to use this episode about recycling I guess, to harp on anyone or, like, make anyone feel yeah, crappy but, about that. But themselves. it really is kind of a feel-good thing. It's like a Band-Aid. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It makes people feel like they're doing something, but it's so – it's honestly kind of insignificant and not very efficient. Yeah. So, so the thing about recycling is, is that um, even while, you know, you might – put all your recyclables and, yeah, put all of these recyclable items into your bin – 
every week and getting and they get taken away. Um, the reality of what actually happens with those items that you put in your recycling bin is very different than I think that what the public generally perceives. And this is super important. And so I learned this, I guess, I'll just give a little bit of a refresher. I actually worked uh, for the city of Edmonton in their waste services department. And I did um, public education and school education on like our waste management system. And so I spent a lot of time actually at a waste management system, seeing what goes on, seeing what comes in, seeing what goes out. Um, And recycling was a really, really interesting topic because like even with grade school children, everybody knows that it's good to recycle, right? Like that's recycling is green. But the reality is, is that you know, what you might be putting in your blue bin and what actually happens to it might not necessarily be as streamlined and pure as you think. So I guess kind of in general, I can I can just give kind of an idea of what happens in general, like when you put an item in your recycling bin. In lots of different places, there's different types of recycling as well. So if you move to a different municipality or a new municipality, the rules are going to be completely different compared to where you might have come from before. So I think that that's another nuance is that every single area is different. And I feel like there's very little effort to try to educate people on this. Am I I wrong? (laughs) Well, I mean, as someone who came from literally a team of people that were fully employed at the city of Edmonton to educate people on it, I don't necessarily think that the effort isn't there. It, it can be hard to fund like public education programs and things yeah, like that. No, so, that's fair. I, I just find like yeah, even it, someone like myself who literally looks for this information doesn't find it that easy to get. Yeah. Well, and I think that the most powerful thing and the, and the best tool that I can give people about recycling is in order to understand what happens in your municipality go to your municipality's website and like look it up because like I had an instance um actually my mom this was I don't know when I started working for waste services quite a while ago and my mom was visiting Victoria so she was visiting Victoria in BC and she was staying at my aunt's place and my aunt and uncle weren't there so it was just my mom and my dad my parents and they in Victoria have a very strict recycling system. And so everything, I'm not super familiar with it, but it's very, very different than a lot of the systems that we have in Alberta. And um, my mom was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I have no idea what to do. I don't know what the rules are. They didn't have waste disposal where she was. So they actually don't come like door to door and pick up your waste. Oh my God, it's my dream. Yeah, they pick up your recycling, but they don't pick up your waste. And I believe your recycling has to be sorted in some sense. Anyways, and so my mom was like, I actually don't know how to do this. And, you know, she reached out to me, even though I am not familiar at all with the Victoria or like island recycling facilities or anything. And my advice to her would be the same to anybody is just go to your municipality website and like do the research, look at it because it will be clearly explained because there is there is benefit for the municipality to have a system in which the residents know what's going on. Like that is valuable in itself. It's more efficient. It's more dynamic. 
And so there most likely will be resources that you can find online to help educate you and direct you and how to recycle effectively. I think that uh, there's also also something that people don't realize is that your cycling has to be clean. Yes. Okay. So uh, clean, loose, and dry actually is the preferred, um, I guess, method of recycling. So when you put something into your bin, if it's like coated, like I always Pizza boxes. Yeah. Pizza boxes. Okay. Pizza boxes are an interesting one, I will say. Um, I'm more thinking about like peanut butter containers, like Mm. something that's like oily, greasy, like a little bit of residue or a little bit of food or something like that is fine. But it's when it's something is like saturated or yeah, like something is really, really, I don't know, caked, I guess is the word that I'll use. So with pizza boxes, a lot of pizza like delivery services, I guess, they will actually have like a piece of cardboard that's loose on the bottom. Yeah, but it always soaks through. Oh, yeah. Well, seeing that, like, it, it depends on how much it soaks through. Because, yeah, if it's saturated, throw it out. You can't be recycled. But if it's just, like, a couple of, like, little grease spots, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I would still recycle that. So, yeah. yeah. And, and like, what I do if the bottom is really greasy is I just rip the top off. Oh, yeah. That works, too. Like, I tear it so that mm-hmm. the clean parts at least get recycled. Yeah. Because I think another thing um, – so, if you actually think about the process of recycling – what you're doing is literally taking something and turning it into something new. Like I like to explain this to the kids that I used to um, do tours with and stuff that basically every time um, you like what I would make them do is I would draw draw the process and every time that we like moved from one step of the process to another because it takes energy, I would make the kids do jumping jacks. (laughs) that was like one of my signature moves because I really wanted them to understand that recycling is not the same as reusing or like it's not replacing that recycling takes a lot of energy and a lot of and often more energy yeah and and a lot of effort I guess to kind of move from one like the I guess, kind of feedstock, I'll call it, or like your finished product. So like, let's say you recycle a cardboard box. There's a lot of energy that takes putting that cardboard box into something that comes from cardboard box recycled materials. And the other thing is that most of the time that product of recycling isn't usually of the same quality no, of the item. it's downgraded. Yeah, so... It's downcycled. Mm-hmm. So like if you recycle paper... Um, it's likely that that'll get turned into tissue paper or, you know, toilet paper or something like a a different kind of material or a lower grade that can be recycled. Your perfectly good paper becomes something worth wiping your butt with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, you know, like maybe a lot of our listeners have heard of something like a circular economy or something. And this, in this sense, this is not a circular loop. Like recycling, because of this product downgrade, it's not... You're not recycling a plastic bottle and it's turning into a plastic bottle. You're recycling a plastic bottle and it's turning into something else, oh. which likely can't be recycled. Which is why this is the sixth of, no, it's the fifth of the six R's of sustainability. And uh, as I've mentioned in all the other parts of this series, uh, they should be considered in that order. And recycling being the last, 
Recycling is the worst. It's the worst, it's which the is worst. why. <laughs> I mean, it's better yeah. than throwing it directly in the landfill if it can be recycled, but not by much. Yeah. Because right. basically, it's just delaying the inevitable that much. So, if you can do one of the earlier steps, do that first. Definitely. Yeah. Recycling is always going to be the last step. Like I used to teach my kids, like we would have kind of like the five R or the six R's, I guess, if you consider, you know, there's rot. A, if you consider rot, which I yeah, did, rot's kind of like to. on its own. Yeah, but so I would like literally draw this out and have kids like tell me what the the R's were, I guess, and I would have them all elevated on the board, like okay, so there's all of the R's, and then like and then what? Because there's the other alternative, and it would be the landfill and I would make them say it in a sad voice and I would write it on the bottom of the board. (laughs) Landfill. Yeah. And every time that we talked about the landfill, I would be like, and, and where does it go? And then all the kids would be like, landfill. I think we need to say it that way every time we say that word. We really should. Yeah. That's, it should just be a generic societal (laughs) thing. Um, So it starts here. All right. I like it. So with the downgrading, um, the way I understand it is there's sort of like this hierarchy of plastics. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad that you brought this up because I think that there's another really big misconception about recycling and plastics specifically. And a lot of that comes from like the code on the bottom of the plastic, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So everybody... Um, or like a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, are very familiar with like you turn your plastic bottle upside down and it has like what everyone calls a recycling symbol with a number inside of it. Yeah. But that little symbol is not actually a recycling symbol. Just because something has that symbol with a number on it does not mean that it's recyclable. It doesn't mean that it can be recycled, <laughs> um, and it definitely does not mean that it can be recycled in your municipality. And if it's not there, it doesn't mean that it can't be recycled. Right. The opposite of that. Because, like, a plastic bag doesn't always have that on it, but it's often technically recyclable. Yeah, and plastic bags are – I've mentioned this before. I mean, plastic bags are a little tricky. I think in a lot of places they aren't recyclable in – in Edmonton, they are, but it's because they're actually used as a feedstock to create like a biofuel. So it kind is of- Is that really recycling? But it is. In the technical term of recycling, it is because you're taking something and you're creating something new out of it, right? So you're actually changing the form. So technically, it is recycling, although I can appreciate how you're like, wait a second, like- But yeah, your, your plastic bag doesn't become another plastic bag. No. Your plastic water bottle doesn't necessarily become another plastic water bottle. But if your plastic bag becomes fuel. To make more plastic. In a sense. Or like, I don't know, to fuel a car or create energy or something. Can it become fuel for a car? Uh, So in Edmonton, they uh, produce ethanol. I mean, it's not obviously like a common fuel for fueling vehicles, but you can use it to power motors and engines and to be honest i'm not exactly sure but i just know that ethanol is produced from the feedstock of like plastic material i guess well mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i so, like i don't produce that uh, we'll talk about this during my <laughs> wine cheese and dessert but uh-huh. i don't produce that much that much garbage but i still produce a decent amount of recycling and even that just tears my heart up yeah 
Well, because realistically, well, statistically, not even realistically, but it has been shown and reports have been done that actually only about 9% of plastic that goes into recycling actually gets recycled. No, was that 9% of what goes into your bin or 9% of plastic we've produced? Um, so, I mean, I think that it'll vary, but I believe that it's 9% of plastic produced is the s- statistic that I've seen. I think that that really varies. So it's not really, very high. The, yeah, the amount of plastic high. that is... Don't quote us on that exact number, but... <laughs> but it's very low. It's very low. It's very, very low. And, and I will go back to the plastic uh, resin identification codes. Basically, there's plastic codes that are one to seven. And that symbol on the bottom of your plastic, it isn't a recycling symbol. All it tells you is what that plastic is actually made of. And so you had kind of mentioned earlier about how there's like a hierarchy of plastics. And there definitely is. My, In my opinion, or like from what I understand, is that there's a hierarchy of plastics because there's, in the recycling world at least, because there are some re- plastics that are much easier to recycle than others. Mm-hmm. So specifically like HDPE, Uh, plastic which is the number two plastic and that would be something that like you know like a laundry no like a laundry detergent jug like bottles like that solid kind of flexible but like it's a pretty durable plastic Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not usually shampoo bottles yeah Mm -hmm. so it's not usually used as like a like I wouldn't consider it necessarily like a single use plastic because it's more of like a sturdier material that we use for. Now, would that um, also be something term. like maybe a reusable water bottle might be made out of that? Um, reusable water bottles because they're hard. I mean, it might it might vary, but depends. Some yeah, of them it really are depends. Squeezable. Um, it's a squeezable plastic. It's not like a rock solid. Plastic. Yeah, unless yeah. it had that resin code on the bottom with a number two on it, it probably would be something else <laughs> would be my guess but potentially so trust in the numbers yeah so those numbers are really going to give you the most accuracy i will say that those numbers also number seven is an other yeah it's not just like the miscellaneous <laughs> that nobody really knows yeah so mixed plastics yeah it's basically like a m- other category so it's not the plastic on you know, if you turn something over and it has number seven on it, the plastic within that container is probably going to be mixed. Um, and so that would be a plastic that in Edmonton, you could probably, uh, I guess, you know, recycle. I'm saying this with quotations to become biofuel, but in a lot of other municipalities, because it wouldn't necessarily be as valuable to like have a bunch of it and box it up and cube it and use it and send it to someone who can like manufacture that into something else. Oh yes, let's talk about sending our plastic places. Are you done with the numbers or you want to keep going? Yeah, so anyways, I just wanted I just wanted to like stress that those numbers don't mean that something's recyclable and it's a misconception I think that we have a lot that a lot of people have in the public that oh it has the plastic number on it so I can recycle it I'll throw it in the recycling bin. Like does no. the waste, <laughs> the wastewise no, no, no. app does that tell you what plastics. what number? Um, so the Wastewise app in Edmonton, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit more detail later, that basically it I don't know specifically if it tells you the numbers. It tells you um, more so about like the item type. So I don't know. It'll be more specific about like yogurt containers or like laundry detergent containers or like things. Yeah. It'll generalize. Um, the unfortunate it might, thing though. about that is it's not necessarily 
accurate. It's it's general and vague because, like for example, the stretchy clear plastic bags mm-hmm. are te- are recyclable, and I get chips that come in a bag like that. But if you typed in chip bag, it would tell you no. Yeah, because chip bags in general are a mixed material of like having metal on the inside and plastic on the outside. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that that's also where it comes in is that knowing your municipality rules and understanding them, understanding them deeper than just the face level of like, oh, this can be recycled, this can't, is really valuable. Um, and I think there's there's a couple of general rules which I want to share with people. I mentioned the chip bag, like mixed materials. Mixed material items cannot be recycled effectively in the systems that we have today. Avoid them. So yeah, if you have a chip bag, that is a mixture of materials. If you have, I don't know, something, now of course I can't think of anything, um, but basically anything that has like glass and plastic or, I don't know, cardboard and plastic. Like coffee cups? Like coffee cups. So coffee cups. They're paper and plastic. Yeah, so coffee cups, a lot of the time, they'll have a plastic liner on the inside so that, like, you know, the coffee doesn't leak through into your hand and, like, get everywhere and cause a lawsuit somewhere. Um, So, Which is really their highest priority. Yeah, so people don't realize that they're like, oh, well, it's a paper cup. But it's not actually a paper cup. It's a paper cup that's been lined with a plastic. Or Um, at least wax, which is a petroleum product as well. Yeah, and wax. Um, there are certain cups that are lined with like a natural wax that can be broken down in the uh, if recycling it says process. compostable, it requires that super duper compostable industrial machine. Yeah. So um, technical terms. Yeah, I will say as a general rule of thumb, unless you're like very knowledgeable about this, I your your coffee cup isn't recyclable nope (laughs) landfill landfill that's where it has to go yeah very disappointing but yeah so i guess there's yeah recycling there is a lot of value to it but what's really important also to understand is that recycling or recyclable materials are only as valuable as there is a market for them so um oh do we get to talk about shipping stuff overseas now (laughs) yes yes sorry we'll get back to shipping stuff overseas because so in the past a lot of north america used to you know we used to get collect these recyclable recyclable i say in quotations um materials and essentially cube them up like literally crush them into cubes um and compress them and then put them on a trailer or a truck somewhere and send them overseas. Which uses fossil fuels to get yes. there. <laughs> yeah, so it's very energy intensive. Like if you think about the process even, um, I'll, like I'll speak in Edmonton, not all municipalities are like this, but in Edmonton we have a system where you put all of your recyclables into the same bag. And so that bag doesn't just magically it doesn't just go overseas. Like someone doesn't just take that bag and compress it and go overseas and like, that's great. That bag has to be transported to a recycling or like to, they call it the MRF or Materials Recovery Facility in Edmonton. It has to be sorted. Um, It has to then be like cubed and boxed. It then has to be sent overseas. Like there's just a lot more steps. And uh, if you're following along and you want to do some jumping jacks, you could do about 40 now to, <laughs> to really ingrain that in your in your brain. But so um, does everyone remember when China – was it China? Yes. Sent us back our, our 
big box of garbage or whatever. Yeah. So China was having, well, and I think a lot of places that take recyclable materials were having issues because um, literally the we're material that we weren't, crap. well, and the material that we weren't, that we were sending them and wasn't, crap. yeah, it wasn't sorted and it wasn't clean. So can you imagine like being a manufacturer and you're like, okay, we manufacture, I don't know, carpet out of plastics and we like get, you know, we buy all of this material from countries all over the world and you open a shipping container and it's literally just full of like rotting food. And like there is a little bit of that material feedstock that you would use, but it's so contaminated that it's not even worth it. Like then it then you have to pay to dispose of it, right? And so I think that there was just an overwhelming amount of this. And finally, China was like, we're not taking your material anymore because it's literal garbage. <laughs> right. Yeah. And not to mention that uh, a lot of the ocean plastics and stuff can be said comes from Asia. Mm -hmm. But that's still our garbage. We just sent it to them. Yeah, and then, and it then gets they the have ocean. to then they have to dispose of it. Um, so that's another really important thing. Like we talked about, um, you know, greasy pizza boxes or like oily peanut butter containers. Clean, loose, and dry recyclables is really important because it also reduces the amount of contamination. So, for example, if I let's say I have like a I don't know a full thing of peanut butter. Let's just imagine this that I put that through the recycling system. If this gets missed or like if something is gross and it gets missed by the people that are sorting it, which happens all the time because human error, obviously, then that like nasty, greasy container has a possibility of contaminating like an entire brick of recyclables. So once things are all sorted, they're all compressed into like, I guess, these kind of giant cubes, like Everybody's seen Wally, -E, right? How he like compresses things into little cubes. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, so. If you haven't seen Wally, -E, go watch Wally -E right now. <laughs> Stop everything. Well, Pause no. This. Listen, listen to the rest of the podcast, and then uh, go watch Wally. -E. But yeah, so it's compressed into these like you know dense, I guess, kind of mono blocks. I'll call them of plastics or recyclable materials or something. And can you imagine if there's something that's like really disgusting and dirty, and it gets over all of those materials like where do you think those materials go then like that whole block where do you think what do you think happens to it biz landfill yeah that's exactly what would happen to it because it's not worth i get like it's there's an efficiency that has to be made as well in recycling that like it's not worth going through and cleaning those items right for the amount that it's going to be sold for like it, it's much easier yeah. just to take it to the and landfill so that's that's the other thing is like manufacturers don't really want to use recycled plastic no so well actually you say that but because it's often more expensive it can be more expensive yes and it's harder to deal with it's not you know it's not as easy i guess kind of as having this untouched unblemished plastic that's from somewhere else or materials. I will also mention, um, and this is something that I learned from a friend who live who works in the textile industry, is it actually is becoming more popular now, um, and this totally hurts my soul, that I'm sure you've heard of pieces of clothing or, or things being made from recycled plastic bottles, right? Oh, 
Yeah. Right? That's really common. Mm -hmm. So the reality with that is, is that there's also kind of this new market that's opened up because it's very popular for consumers to choose things that have been made from recyclable materials, right? They'll pay more for that because oh, perfect, like, this didn't have to be mined or yeah. whatever. There's this this idea. Oh, okay. I just want to touch – actually, can I just, like, do a quick aside here? Uh, Sure, yeah. Okay, because we're going to – we're probably going to split this episode up and talk more about recycling again next time because, yeah, because we could just go on forever. But I just forever. wanted to say that totally reminds me that I was listening to an episode of Terra Informa where they were talking about – that's another podcast, by the way mm-hmm. – um, where they were talking about The Sims' new eco-lifestyle – expansion oh and like how, sims the computer game like sims the computer game <laughs> okay. and how it's basically just um encouraging a lifestyle rather than actual change and improvement to <laughs> they're the like system. just buy more eco-friendly exactly products. that that was kind of the whole point just wear eco-friendly things Have just, just buy these bamboo house. leggings and, oh yeah <laughs> right You're like, no. they they <laughs> apparently a lot of people were calling it the gentrification expansion oh <laughs> Oh, that's that's really funny. So yeah, that's kind of on the same on the same thing. Is they're not recycling the plastic because they want to reduce the amount of raw materials. They're recycling the plastic because they can sell it to people like you and I who are trying to do better. Yeah, well, well, it is greenwashing in a sense, and and so I guess kind of to continue my my yeah, point sorry, that I mentioned before. <laughs> no, that's okay. So so there's a whole clothing market now that is focused on making clothes from recycled bottles, but those bottles actually aren't post consumer bottles. So what oh, that means? What? Yeah. So I didn't what that, know that means is that bottles like drinking water bottles or disposable water bottles. Like somewhere in the world, they're just producing these literally to get turned into material. So, what? yeah. So, oh. so this is a reality is that most of the items that are being recycled are recycled bottles that we, you know, it's not post-consumer recycled bottles. It's pre-consumer. So that's disgusting. Yeah. So it's kind of this like added level of you know, what the heck and kind of is like a sad eye-opening thing, but it does, you know, when you can put that on the, on the label of something or on the tag of something, I mean, it's just really entirely greenwashing. So I would encourage people to that post-consumer, pre-consumer, like definitely do your research in that because yeah, that's just another added level, I guess, of, of, okay recycling in our world <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stop us there we will continue talking about recycling on our next episode with me and emily where we'll probably focus a little bit more on edmonton specifically mm-hmm. yeah well biz and i were talking about this i could talk about recycling literally till the cows came home <laughs> like there's no there shortage. are cows <laughs> well this is that's from when i grew up on a farm <laughs> uh, okay so let's uh, switch gears here to our wine, cheese, and dessert. Okay, what is your wine, cheese, and dessert? Biz? Okay, so my wine is that my mummy moved away. My my mother moved. My mummy. My mummy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she moved away, and when she moved, she left me all of her food that was okay. in her fridge and cupboards because she was moving in with my aunt, and mm-hmm. they didn't need to take all that with her, and. So my wine is that partly that she left and partly that 
in and amongst the stuff that I got was some like like the meal packs. Have you do you know um, what I mean? Like the ones where they like like do you mean like the meal like meal kits? Or yeah, like, like meal kits. Oh, okay. Okay. And so, so I, where they come in all the ingredients and then you just have to like assemble the right, meal. Right, okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. So all the ingredients come in a bag and I open the bag and every – like you get one egg This is in what a I'm package. talking about with these veal kits. And <laughs> – An egg in a package. And it's a little package. You realize that eggs have their own packaging, right? Like nature provides packaging for eggs. Well, but they're delicate packaging. Oh, so it was like in its – what is it? Did it come in its own little carton? Yeah. It was like a single egg oh box. Oh, my gosh. As as wasteful as it is, that is also very adorable. It was kind of funny. <laughs> egg in a box. I took a picture of it. I'll show you. Okay. okay. And then the green beans. There was like two – or not green beans. Um, Green onions. And there were like two green onions in a plastic bag. And there were – there was a package for the breadcrumbs. Which was just enough for the one meal. Yeah. And, and just... a package for the the vinegar. So mm-hmm. it's like a single use plastic vinegar pouch and a single plastic soy sauce pouch. Uh, oh my God. I've used, I threw out more garbage in the week following my mom moving away because of the food that I used <laughs> up from her stash mm-hmm. than I have in like the previous three months. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and, and I know, I don't know like where this meal kit thing came from, but mm-hmm. I, I know that she she tries. She does try. It was just such a, like I, I put out a bag all on its own just from the meal kits and stuff. It was crazy. So that much is food. crazy. Okay. Uh, my cheese is, and this is just like its own little joke on the side. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bring it on. <laughs> I had to return a package of pantyhose, but they only gave me a 90% price refund. They said the other 10% was a restocking fee. Ooh, okay. That was, <laughs> that was extra cheesy. Super cheese. Super cheese. And then the Kay. my dessert. Yes, what's your dessert, Biz? My dessert is that even though there was a lot of packaging that came with the food that I got. Mm-hmm. The dessert is that a whole bunch of packaged food, which may have otherwise gone bad, did not go bad because it was given to someone else who could use it, me, in the meantime. So at least that food in the packaging did not go unused. Mm-hmm. So that's my dessert. Excellent. I'm like, at least she thought to, you know, instead of just gathering everything up, throwing it in the garbage, she passed it on to someone else so that it could have it could fulfill it its destiny. Life. Yeah. <laughs> of being business nourishment. What is your wine and cheese and dessert? Okay, so my wine, and cheese, and dessert for this week. So I have really noticed in the last, I would say, like month or like really just a couple of weeks, actually just really this last grocery shop specifically, is that I'm running out of a lot of the things that I had in bulk. Like I don't. I'm impressed, actually, even that I had six months of stuff in my pantry, um, which it's almost a little embarrassing that I obviously had too much stuff in my pantry. Um, Not if it's not spoiling. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was like dried goods and stuff. Yeah. But I am just continuously um, perturbed and going to whine about the fact that we can't bring reusable containers to areas. You're here. Yeah. So that's just kind of like an ongoing frustration for me because I really find that – 
for me, there's so many, like, especially dried goods that I'm like, ugh, I definitely would have bought this in bulk, but now I have to buy this in a container. I am going straight and... to bulk barn after this, by the way. Oh, okay, well. And I will fill my bags up to bursting yet again. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like I've just had to buy a lot more things in plastic, just in packaging that I, is really frustrating for me because I'm like, Ugh, I did not need to buy this in packaging, but I kind of feel like my hands are tied. So that's that's a big whine for me because I'm really finding that a lot of my like bulk pantry staples that I used to be able to get before that were plastic free, I'm finding them in like now I have to buy them in packaging now that you're trying to replace those yeah. items yeah yeah I know so we're, we're, oh, it's a man. it's a bummer like it's a total bummer because I'm like oh like literally I yeah I just just accept our reasonables again I just know. do it I know because it was it was so great at bulk barn Bar- bulk barn if you're listening <laughs> which I'm sure they're not maybe one day maybe, <laughs> maybe one, one day, day um bring back your reusable containers please uh that would be appreciated i know it was like your thing yeah it made things a lot easier but i mean that's just the reality of the climate that we're in today and hopefully hopefully i know a lot of other places have brought back you know like grocery stores are encouraging to bring back your bags reusables are slowly coming into play so maybe hopefully i you know what we should all just do is just write bulk barn a letter um, I so have. Maybe I will do that. I have written okay, reviews for all of the ones in town. And oh, I'm <laughs> giving them all oh, one star bigger, reviews. Oh, go bigger though. Like send a direct oh, no, I have. letter. I to, have. I'm like I yeah. But I did also give them a Good one star work. review on all of their um, <laughs> bulk barns that I've ever been to in the city. And shady like, because you're like I will still go here, but I want the reusable program. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'm still going to go, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah, but I'm grumpy. <laughs> um, okay, so. Yeah, that's that's basically like my that's my wine. My cheese has to do with recycling because I just love recycling so much. Excellent. So I like um, it. this is one of my favorites because it uh, really just reminds me of the days working at the Edmonton Waste Management Center, mm-hmm. which I look back at fondly surrounded by literal heaps of garbage. But <laughs> yeah, it was a great time. Um, so I used to work in a recycling plant crushing cans but i had to quit it was soda pressing <laughs> i love it <laughs> right yeah so and and my dessert is really i think that we're gonna get through this covid reusable thing i think that there is a bit of an upswing and we are allowed to use a lot more reusable things so i have just been taking this opportunity to like try and make more stuff at home and i guess kind of rely less on like package things in general um and so i think that that's been like a really fun positive thing for me i have um, to say i think mm-hmm. i have perfected my bread that's amazing that's my, amazing my bread is amazing adam says to me the other day can you just constantly make bread so the house smells oh, good all the time it does smell so good <laughs> yeah yeah so i've been i've been like cooking a lot more at home and i don't know making a lot more i guess like nutritious things which i think has been good for me and good for i did make a really weird concoction with barley for uh, dinner last night because of like bread barley no 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 oh like my my dinner i'm like barley barley. what do you do with barley but i was like whatever i have bad experiences with soup (laughs) 
You, oh my, that's like the only thing that I can make. Like, <laughs> literally, you could throw me, you know, those shows where they like throw people into random kitchens with like random things. I'm like, girl, you could throw me in with anything and I could make a delicious soup. Ice cream? Yeah, bring it on. Ice cream soup. Seriously. Sounds great. Yeah, I can make anything out of soup. I have ice cream on the brain. I'm going <laughs> to. That's where you're headed next. Well, I haven't had dinner yet, so of course I'm like, mm, ice cream sounds great. <laughs> ice cream always sounds good, no matter if, when you last eat. Okay, well, thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate all your feedback. And if you guys want to basically give us any tips or if there's anything that you guys would like to learn more about, let us know. You can always reach us at becominglesspod at gmail.com um, and we will give you a shout out if you email us. So. And we'll reply because <laughs> at this yes. point we don't get that many that we have to say we can't reply to everyone. We can reply to everyone at this point. We can reply to every single person. Okay. Uh, and if you did enjoy today's episode, I also encourage you to give us a five-star review because it really helps the show out a lot. We don't do advertisements, so help us out in other ways yes that would be awesome so we hope to have you back next time catch us on our instagram account at becoming less pod you can also reach us at becominglesspod.podbean.com where you can find all the ways to connect and listen hope to have you back next time every day we can be a little less than we were yesterday <laughs> <laughs>